FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 280 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host. <laughs> yes, Denise was dancing, so I got distracted. Um, <laughs> and you can imagine that however you want, but imagine it was someone besides Denise. Um, that'll be up to me. Um, <laughs> and just because we love to start the podcast off on an awkward note, um... Anyway, I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I am joined once again by Dan and Georgie, ready to talk about some X-Books. Hey, guys. Hey, yo. Hello. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Yeah. Do y'all have your own tiny dancers? Mmm. That's a lot Yes, yes, yes. Well, so, we will talk about a handful of X-Books, um... But before we get to that, Dan had shared some uh, astonishing news. So Dan, what's going on in the uh, the realm of, of astonishing X-Men? For a second there, I thought you were, I was like, are we pregnant? I would know, right? Yeah, apparently um, we might get a better X-Book um, in Astonishing X-Men come number 13. Looking number 13. Unlucky with um, good old um, Matthew Rosenberg uh, taking over as lead writer with Greg Land, and who we don't know which Greg Land will come to the party. Um, so a t- completely new creative team and a new team lineup, which includes Havoc and Dazzler, Beast, Colossus, and Warpath. So yeah. Nice. I think it's a pretty cool lineup. What do you guys think about that lineup? I need to see it in motion. Because <laughs> right. bothered. Apart from Dazzler, I'm not like that bothered. Oh, I've been really enjoying Beast and his uh, most recent Avengers stories. So I'm glad to see him kind of come back. Um, and I think, I think Rosenberg should give us a little steadier hand and... Hopefully we'll continue to get the land that we got on a Weapon X and the latest volume of Hulk. So, yeah. that can be, can be good. What do you think, Georgie? Yeah, I agree. I just hope, you know, looking at a team before anything is in motion, it's really hard to know if it's going to work out. I just hope that right. these are the characters that Rosenberg wants to write. And if that's the case, then more power to him. Let's see what, what story he wants to tell with him. I'm assuming that means we're going to get Havoc back to at least slightly normal, and that's exciting to me because, you know, I've always enjoyed Havoc and I always like when he's kind of either running a team or, like, you know, kind of one of the main guys on a team. So that that should be fun. Yep, I'm a Havoc fan from back in the 90s as well, so it'll be uh, interesting to see him, you know, take a leading role perhaps again. Awesome. And uh, it sounds like, I'm sure there will, I mean, with any series now, no no artist really plows all the way through, but it sounds like it'll be more focused on having 
at least kind of a standard art team as opposed to every issue being different. So that can maybe help kind of give some some continuity and flow to Rosenberg's story, I think. Who's Yeah, I mean, if Greg Land can bring it like he brought it for uh, the Weapon X, then why not, man? Yeah, yeah, it can be pretty cool. So, and, you there's know... There's only one female on the team, so there's only, there's only <laughs> one, like... Finger biting, lip biting, right? Whatever it is, biting <laughs> that you can draw. Very true, very true. I'm kind of surprised Domino didn't land on that team, but no. um, I guess it depends on what her book is going to do and how long her book is supposed to be. But we'll talk about that in here in a little bit. Um, yeah, cool. Any other any other X rumblings I need to know about? No, I keep trying to have a look, basically because I just want to know when gold dies or is changed. <laughs> right. But no, nothing, no news from gold. But I yeah. do wonder what's going to happen if Colossus is on another team book. Like, I don't, I don't think Colossus is a two-team kind of guy. You know what ooh. I mean? <laughs> no, I just, you know, you kind of expect. Well, maybe not now, but probably after he comes back, you'll kind of expect for. Logan to be on like every team but there's not very many X-Men I mean Storm usually can be on one or two teams but for the most part the X-Books are pretty good about about keeping guys you know kind of limited exposure wise maybe they maybe they're gonna gonna put Kitty back in the box for a little while like they sometimes do you know like they'll they'll change a team and you won't see someone for a good couple of years and then they'll come back and and so maybe she's had her time with Guggenheim and everyone in the X office is like maybe we should just stop now yeah but why does she have to go out on that note that's not fair to her <laughs> maybe she's killed in the wedding who knows <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I think I misinterpreted your question because I think I was looking at it as well Colossus can't be in both books but I think maybe you're asking well how are Kitty and Colossus going to function on separate teams? And I think that's a good question as, as well. I actually like the idea because Colossus has been too defined by Kitty oh, for such a long time. Yeah, that it'd be nice to have him. I really like. I'm rereading Gillen's X Men, and I like that again. He's defined by his sister, but I do like it's not about Kitty for once. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I feel like that's always been him. He's either defined well. I mean, not early on, but after the relationship with Kitty really took hold, it was either defined by being with her or being without her or whether his sister was around or not around. It's been like... Interesting. You know, when his sister got older, then, you know, she was important and then she got younger and then she was more important and then she died and so he left the X-Men. So either way, it's always been about the women in his life. True. Someone someone modern day, right? Because I think... Danny just alluded to. I think Gillen does some of this, but like for now, someone needs to really sink their teeth into Colossus and give him some really like nice support pillars to stand on as a character. Yeah, maybe they can have you can have a bro bromance with Warpath, and they can try and outstrength each other because nice. one yeah. one of my most hated things about X teams is two redundant paras on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> Like it just doesn't right. it just upsets me fundamentally. Yeah. But if they can do <laughs> they can do something nice with um with, with Warpath and Colossus like who's who's the bigger badass. Maybe they Colossus can have a, they can have like yeah. a team up issue where they both start training for like the world's strongest man or like the Scottish uh outdoor games. Oh my god. That's right, but 
But though, if you look at the the X Men kind of, um, I don't want to say the word type, but the general kind of defined roster, I'm wondering if Warpath will kind of fill that Wolverine role. You know, whether they focus more on like his tracking skills or right. You know, something like that, you know, instead of a claws, he has his big hunting knives he carries around, but... It, uh, it depends uh, on what Wikipedia, Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Rosenberg's Wikipedia free. I don't yeah, know. Uh, he feels like a, a true X-Men fan. Right. All of a sudden, you can no longer fly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see an editor's note, but like, ignore all... all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Instead of please, instead of please read recent issues of Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. it's like asterisk. Please ignore recent issues of X-Men Gold. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Colossus pops up, that literally should be just underneath his name. Yeah. 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 Right with you. And we're in fact, uh, we're not gonna we're gonna just gloss right over Gold for this episode. But thank God. Kind of. I'm kind of hoping that Thompson eventually grabs that book though georgie i'm pretty sure that you're responsible for one of her twitter conversations <laughs> yes yes that was a fun that was a fun and then suddenly everyone was commenting on there and i was like i don't want to be a part of this anymore can you just talk to her <laughs> right and then she put up a big tweet like it's kind of weird when people like really compliment you but also degrade like another creator i was yes. like oh she's talking about gold <laughs> <laughs> And she's referring indirectly to Georgie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making waves, buddy. That's right. Yeah. Jo- <laughs> she only has to say, she's probably not actually talking about um, defending Guggenheim because I just don't see people doing that. She's probably defending the art team or something. Yeah. Possibly. Or the editor. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, or, or she did bring up a good point. You really never know, like, what those interpersonal relationships are. Sure. So. sure. You could think, oh, he's a shitty writer, but hey, he brings good sandwiches to the lunch. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but oh. anyway, let's let's change colors. Um, yeah. How about we talk about X-Men Red? Because I am super stoked to talk about issue number three. Yeah, man. Number three. Yes. Can you all the numbers the whole episode? Can you do that? I'll try. Okay. <laughs> so this is this is part three of the Hate Machine, Rising Storm. <gasps> clever. Um, I didn't actually know that was the title of the book. Now I now I'm like ah, clever. Um, clever girl. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. Um, written by Tom Taylor, uh, art by Mahmoud Azra. Uh, really nice guy. If you ever get to meet him in cons, lovely person. Um, Color by Isfosina. Um, led by PC's Cory Petit. I apologize. And um, the main cover by Travis uh, Charest, which is Gambit in all of his glory. Yeah. And pretty good glory. It's a pretty good cover. What do you guys think of the cover? I like it. I still hate the weird. Actually, the framing of the little red black triangle and the X actually makes it a little bit more dynamic, I suppose. A little bit because it kind of matches, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. actually use the they use the constraints of of those corner pieces to uh, really focus in on the art. It's a good it's a good pose for him too. Yes, it is. I agree. I think it's not enough ass. Not so sure. True. Yeah, you can maybe twist and turn a little more for you. Do some uh, some Nightwing style Olympics. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely. So yes, everyone everyone likes the uh, good old um, Gambit cover. Yep. So this is this this starts off in Central Park in New York with the new uh, Xavier Institute, where a mysterious finger has the strength to crack <laughs> um, things and open things, and it's well, it's a little old lady with a bald head. Uh, it's Cassandra Nova, and um, there's some shade thrown around about the drama of X Men Gold. I agree. Um, <laughs> And then, then there's a poor little mutant that can see her because obviously she's invisible because she's got just so many powers I can't remember. Right. Um, and she mysteriously walks into someone's bedroom with a test tube, smoking test tube, and she tells whoever this mysterious person to go protect Wakanda. Ooh, well, mystery. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time because it kind of depresses me, but... I mean, you're just kind of glossing over the fact that Cassandra broke a little kid's neck. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a little unsettling, but I mean, if it wins to the story and makes her more evil, I guess that's that's where we are. But it's that it's that moment that and when she was first introduced in New X Men, where um, she put her fa- hand into the face of that other guy and took his DNA. Oh yeah, jelly. So I think they're just sort of she's just evil and she will just kill. At least we didn't see it this time. That's true. That's true. But it is quite um evocative. But as we as we jump from one horrific scene, we get one awesome splash page. Oh, I think it's an awesome splash page. I agree. As our team is is fighting the Sentinel in India. And we have Jean there holding these three people she can't control. While the rest of the team are being given orders, and I just love the whole uh, teleport Wolverine up there. That panel with Laura popping her claws and Nightcrawler in the background is awesome. Yes, it's really cool. You get a Bamp and a Snick at the same time. That's always a great combination. Um, you know, I love that right off the bat we see Jean multitasking. Right, like she's fighting, but also still controlling these people at the same time. Like you know, keeping them kind of floating just out of harm's way um it's, it's a really cool kind of you're know, gonna have gene and have her be really powerful at least you know use it in a good way i thought that was cool agreed so we have nightcrawler and uh, wolverine pour up to the top laura slashes its face um trying to distract it uh, with gabby taking uh was it trinary we 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 settled on trinary yep, trinary yeah um, that's the official podcast that goes Nick pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Taking Trinary away from the situation, as she does, and she pushes her out of the way while Gabby gets blasted completely, which inspires Trinary to do the... just. I love the artistic <laughs> impression of a sitting sentinel, and I really adore the fact that her power is a Wi-Fi. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, and it goes to but, both of them, right? So you see it on around her head and around the Sentinel's head. It's pretty great. It's such a great moment. She she commands the Sentinel, and um, Gabby just sits back up, <laughs> puts her intestines back. It's <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> extremely happy that the Sentinel has been taken care of, essentially. And then we have a lot of chatting, and Nightcrawler is basically like, "How can you?" Um, 
like not control these people and we find out from trying to read that there's some sort of computer programming inside them almost much more sophisticated than the sentinel itself uh but there's definitely something wrong with these people and so they decide to go home to wakanda with their new sentinel which is a new member of the team i suppose I uh, meanwhile um well Let's not gloss it off the fact that we find out that his um, Trinary's dad is just anti-mutant and dubbed her in and there's a lot of hate and it's being sort of manufactured hate through like the, I'd call it timely but through algorithms on the internet and such forth. It's very um, of its time what it's trying to uh, put right. across here. Yeah. Um, and then we move to this, this to Louisiana because it's always Louisiana. Um, with some tiki torches I wonder where anyone got the idea for them and an anti-mutant rally and Gambit saves this poor young well this poor young feathered lady I really like her design by the way yeah me too I thought it's quite nice Um, Kara is her name and she stands in front of the whole uh, mob mob, only to be like threatened and then Gambit comes along and (laughs) basically charges up every tiki torch he can (laughs) I love this page of him just walking around touching them all with his fingers. Yeah, they're like, he makes them all explode. They all run away apart from one guy in a um, car who comes out with a gun and Gambit and him square off. Then they fire at each other. Gambit hits him, but unfortunately, uh, Kara's caught in the crossfire. And that ends the interlude. And we're back on um, (laughs) Are We There Yet? (laughs) With, with, With Gabby and Nightcrawler. Um, I love the fact that even though she's on a robot, she still needs to ask, are we there yet? And the storm seems to be above um, Wakanda, and unfortunately, protecting Wakanda at this present moment in time is Storm herself, clearly controlled by Cassandra Nova, and to be continued as the Sentinel is blasted by lightning. Yeah. Yeah, How did you think? Uh, Awesome. Uh... (laughs) I have, uh, I don't, I don't have as much of like a, a jolt of, of like, um, like the first issue was like yes, finally you know a good team. And the second issue was like good, a continuation. Like the charm, not the charm, but like the the newness of the team has worn off on me a little bit. So I don't have that that same spark. But in terms of like a really well done book where the writing and art are really at the top of their game, and I don't have really many nitpicks. This might be the best issue so far. I I think so. Um, I think visually, uh, Azrar has been consistently. He was pretty great the first two issues. I feel right. like the, this third issue is his best art, and and that's saying a lot. Like that's not saying like oh well, he was bad. He finally got good. No, I think he was really good and got damn near perfect on this issue. I thought. Um, the art's so good, and the colors, oh my goodness, the colors, um, like when Gabby gets blasted, like the, the colors in that blast ray with the white and the yellow and the orange, and then the colors when the Sentinel sits, mm. like kind of those oh, yeah. blue streaks around, just look amazing, and the, the art's just, it's a little bit cleaner, and I like Azrar a hair more refined, I mean, it's not like, you know, like classic artist queen but but in his style within the parameters of his style it's, it's a lot 
more defined, and I think his artwork's really good that way. And I just, man, I, I loved it. Um, you know, and there's that there's that line that Taylor says, um, which I think is bears repeating, where uh, Jean's talking to to Trinary when they find out about her dad, and she's apologizing and says, you know, no one should have to face rejection because of the small-minded prejudice of the very people who are supposed to love them unconditionally. And you just think about, you know, you have prejudice and, and hatred in the world, but then when you have to face it like at home, just how much worse that can be. And I don't know, I just I think that really was a powerful line to me. Um, so... I think the only thing I thought was kind of weird is how are they staying on that sentinel? Gene. Glued them all telekinetically. Well, I love that in the in the, the large shot, Gabby's like on top of the head. Like, right. Like, almost Just like body, body boarding on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I agree. Oh wow, we kind of stumped by goodness here. What, what did you think, Dan? Um, I really liked it. I thought this felt like um, this book continues to feel like an X Men book, which is always nice. Um, in a market flooded with X books that don't feel like X books, um, I think it's just really well put together, and it manages to um, sow its sort of thematic and political agenda um, without it being sort of a detriment to the rest of the narrative. Like, it's right. just the idea of um, Cassandra Nova being the thing that is manufacturing hate throughout, and it's like a systematic manufacturing of hatred towards the mutant kind. And it's just so nice to have that there and then have a counterpoint in the hope and sort of, of Jean Grey and the rest of her X-Men. And that hope is what the other books have lacked for such a long time. So it's nice to have, like, both sides of the coin actually represented for once rather than just these people hate mutants let's fight them <laughs> right um, and i just think um even the interlude with someone like gambit standing up to a bunch of bullies it was it's just a nice sort of way to do it um and i think the character works perfect like everyone seems so unique in them in themselves and the more we learn about um trinary the more she's seeming to actually have a personality so it's always good that right. no one sounds the same um, for once. Yeah, so, yeah I think... it, it doesn't have to rely on like randomness. Like a sentinel, the sentinel felt like a threat, even though it was dealt with simply. Right. Because usually sentinels are there and then they're just blown to bits in like a second, <laughs> and no one cares. Right. Yeah, I think there's something to Taylor using real people. Um, as kind of like in the, in the Louisiana scene like I think there's something to be said for you know like, let's take the purifiers and kind of using them to kind of represent the worst of of people right um, I think the fact that just taking out the symbolism and just using like a real crowd of normal people brings a kind of relevance to the story you know without getting too political, that, that I think, you know, in our world makes sense, you know, because you see a lot of just seemingly normal people who maybe just got nudged the wrong way and suddenly they all sound like idiots. And, you know, and it's not necessarily always that just because, 
they grew that hatred. I think sometimes there was something they were uncomfortable with and someone else or in the media or whatever takes that hatred and makes it grow. And I, I think I think Taylor's doing a really good job of making a really, like Danny said earlier, just a really relevant story, really timely story, but still has subtlety um, and still actually you know has an X-Men, you know, action. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get rid of the action or the character work and just espouse, you know, politics. It, it kind of weaves it all together and just a really robust storytelling technique that I think is really cool. But the more I read Tom Taylor, the more I kind of think he's, you know, if not the best, definitely one of the best writers going right now. So Definitely, uh, in terms of the X-Universe, he's, he's the top guy right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love this book. I feel like it, it, at a few points it gets close to being a little bit too nail on the head, but it doesn't quite get there. So it, um, I, I, I just really enjoy this book a lot. All right. Well, Georgie, how much do you enjoy it? I'm actually going to go full six out of six here. This was <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to beat something this good. I'm right there with you. We've we've been given this book. This, you know, I, I say been like it's been so long. Uh, the first two issues, we both are all three of us kind of gave uh, pretty solid high fives. But I'm ready on this one to go to take that leap with you and go six out of six claws. Mm-hmm. What'd you say, Dan? <laughs> I can't commit to six just yet. It's no a very problem. high five, almost yeah. there. But it's, 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 I think the I don't know. It's Cassandra Nova. I think that's the <laughs> fair because, because the manufactured hatred is a good idea, um, but it's very much the same story of when she first came about. Um, yeah, true. So I'm hoping there was a little bit more to it. than And and mind control is always a... can always be a fickle thing for me. So them fighting Storm in the next issue, unless it's dealt with real quickly, isn't something that's like like a massive cliffhanger for me. It's like, ah, oh, they have right. to fight their teammates. So there's just a two, few little niggles where I'm like, I just can't give you six just yet. <laughs> <laughs> just yet. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think I will, I will also be disappointed if there's a whole issue of them fighting Storm and then like the last page she finally snaps out of it. I'm kind of hoping, that's we're in Wakanda, I'm, I'm hoping this will um, bring Gentle a little more into the story. Um, maybe right. have a Black Panther cameo, you know, something. But what would be nice is if Storm joins the team. <gasps> <laughs> so is that what's going to happen? Is just gold is going to just eventually bleed out all its members? Guggenheim <laughs> 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 loves ink. He can keep ink. There you go. There you go. I mean, kidding and, the kidding and ink show. <laughs> Boy. Oh, man. That's funny. All right. Well, cool. So, yeah, red is definitely the... Uh, the highlight of the X universe right now. Um, so let's talk about astonishing, astonishing X Men number ten. <clears throat> astonishing X Men number ten. Uh, ten. Woot. 
Thank you. We're nearly over. We're nearly there. Just two more. All right. Um, it's the. It's not the penultimate. It's the pen pen ultimate issue of uh, of a man called X. Because yeah, um, writer is Charles Soule. Penciler is I don't know if it's Ako or Aco. Oh, I said Aco, but I'll go with whatever you want to go with. Um, inker is David Lorenzo. Color artist is Rachel Rosenberg, and letterer is VCs Clayton Cowles. So um, on the cover, we've got X. Uh, behind him, we've got Proteus and like monster form, and basically looking down on the X team as their hands are raised uh, to like attack. And we're not seeing the actual members of the X-Men, we're just seeing their fists. It's almost like a first-person view. Um, so what right. do you guys think of this cover? The X-Men are so close together, but in a circle. It's such a weird... <laughs> and why is his... How is his wings? Is he fighting both of his wings? Anyway, it's rubbish. <laughs> I, oh, love I, like it. I love the colors. I love the colors, but I hate yes. the, I think the cover is disgusting. The colors are the best thing about it. I think it's such a boring. It's like, oh, he's evil and he's got a rancor behind him. <laughs> it does look like a rancor, yes. It does look like the rancor, that's funny. Now I wish X looked like the little Gamorian guy, the little green pig guys. <laughs> yeah, just, I agree. Uh, the, the colors are great. Um, it's I, it's kind of yes. an interesting concept to see the, the point of view this way, but they are so close together, it's, it's a little awkward. I forget who teammate, which teammate's which anymore. Like, I forgot Mystique was even in the book. That oh, yeah. That's why you can see your blue fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so who's the gun on the top left? Is that Bishop then? Bishop, Bishop I would guess, the... right? Yeah. Gambit's yeah, so moved yeah. over to a different book these days. <laughs> he's He's got two better books <laughs> these days. Rogue, Rogue, <laughs> not, Rogue is not even represented, by the way. Rogue isn't represented. There's a space, but there's no Rogue. Oh, Yeah. Maybe she absorbed uh, Old Man Logan's claws. Or maybe she just knows there's better things to do. <laughs> and knuckle, knuckle hair. She's like, I don't want to ruin my reputation. I'm not going to be a part of this cover. Uh, right. Forget I'm a part of this book altogether. Uh, Avengers No Surrender. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, last time we left off where the X-Men were going to confront Proteus, who had taken control of the town and was basically giving everyone... Their, their wishes uh, to, to change reality as they want. And so they're flying into this area and, you know, reality has been warped. There are dragons flying all over the place and the teammates are talking about how they don't trust X and X is like, I know best, but uh, they decided they're going to make um, Psylocke their leader. Um, then we get a full, you know, two-page splash of Proteus sort of reorganizing the world molecule by molecule and how each each person has their own reality that they're dealing with. There's a giant frog eating people. There's like medieval fighting. There's a, a dude who's got like a harem. Um, and Proteus is all in the middle glowing and, you know, maneuvering the blocks of life. What do you guys think of the art so far in this book? I don't, right. I really like um, ACO. Like, his work on Nick Fury is astonishing. And, yes, yes. Um, his, yep. his work on Midnighter was beautiful. And I generally think there's something, like, not wrong, 
but not as clean or sharp. I don't know if it's like the the inking or not, but there's something amiss. It doesn't feel whole to me. It's like it's lovely to look at in places, but it just doesn't feel like him. It doesn't seem like his art. Like the his le- it seems like his layouts. Yeah, his, his it seems definitely like his layouts, but not like his art. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree to the most part. Uh, his faces seem very off, but um, the design and and mostly like the bodywork I still really like, um, and the colors are just flipping fantastic. Oh, but, sure. I do like that that uh, Mystique looks like Mystique again. Um, or maybe I'm just thinking too much of of weapon. She's not a weapon. Is she weapon X? I can't even remember anymore. Nah. Uh-uh. Uh. Well. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I agree. The artwork is 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 good, although it does feel a little bit different for 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 ACO than uh, his Nick Fury stuff. But I'm not really complaining about it. It's just something something slightly different. Uh, but but moving forward, uh, the Blackbird gets attacked by arrows, um, and then a dragon comes and and burns them, and they go crashing down. Boom, boom. Uh, they crash down, um, and then they all decide that they need to fight um, Proteus because they have to keep him occupied, and the more that they fight Proteus, uh, the weaker he'll get because he's not only has to fight them, but he also has to uh, like control everyone in Fetter's Hill. Um, and we get uh, you know a, a couple pages of, of just like full-blown action um, and world-bending and interesting layouts like um ever since i don't remember when astonishing started to have like a rotating cast of artists if it was the whole way through but the last yeah i want to say like five issues the artwork um has been interesting if 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 nothing else right so they're fighting and then proteus is like i just you thought you thought you could beat me but i was just uh biding my time um (laughs) And he explains that the reason that the astral plane was screwed up for a long time was because um, only one man was in control of it, Shadow King. But what if the astral plane was composed of the minds of many? Um, and we get his we figure out that that's his plan is to, I guess, reconform the astral plane using, I don't know, crowdsourcing. Um, <laughs> right. And then there's a, a big explosion and in, in to be continued. So, uh, what did you guys think? I think that this was a non-story with art. <laughs> but I was kind of okay with it. <laughs> I felt like um, like the art and the story were both quite nonsensical. Like they both were so sort of just randomly thrown together. Like there's just so much going on on one of these pages. Yeah, what's being said is so little, and but it's being said with so many words. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's, it feels like a non-start. This is it. This is the, the the villain's monologue as he sort of like. There's one one pan, one page which made me think we were actually looking. At, um, um, Chris Bacalo art instead, where mm-hmm. um, there's like the stone face and 
him holding. Yeah, yeah I can see that. And I was like, I don't know, I, I felt quite distracted by the art because it, it is more interesting than the story that's being portrayed. And the story's just throw our X-Men into a fight but don't really show them really fighting much. Just show loads of stuff happening. <laughs> like, and, and I feel like in the last couple of issues, the book has lost its way um, immensely because... I think Sewell thinks that Proteus is interesting and there's something to be mined there when clearly there isn't because there's nothing that he's provided that's anything other than I just want to change the world in my image like last time I was alive and the time before that and that's all I do is reshape, reshape things. That's all I am for. No, I mean, you guys, well have- you guys <laughs> nailed it. There, this is, it's a non-story. It's here's Proteus and then we're just going to draw art because Proteus. Um, yes. Right. And it doesn't even have necessarily, because, because Danny, you kind of hit on the head a second ago. When you look at like ACOs and and remember that James Robinson also did <laughs> the Fury book, like there were, there were lots of times when there was barely any evidence of scripting at all. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there were several issues of the Fury book where there was maybe four or five sentences you know it just it felt yeah, like yeah. The, the writing was really sparse and it was just hey go nuts draw spy action do some psychedelic stuff and just i'll kind of tie it together with some shoestring and <laughs> i mean it almost i, I hate to say this because I, I know that comics are very collaborative but it almost felt like the writing credit was just kind of there to be there, and it really was just ACO's book. Um, and this one, you kind of feel like, yeah, you're just kind of drawing, going nuts, but there's so many word balloons to clutter it up that it, that it makes it... It draws away from the crazy visual of it. Like if you're going to do something like this visually with just stuff happening and mushrooming and you know kind of trippy then just let it be and don't cover it up with a bunch of stuff like and there's really no reason that the visual couldn't have told most of the story and maybe next issue you kind of fill in some gaps with some hey remember when produce did this? i don't know i, mean, I don't know what the answer is but it just seems it seems like the writing dialogue and the art were at odds with each other a little bit yeah because it could enough. Set, it could have been like enough said issue from you know when they did those silence. Right. Yeah. And them just being attacked by, like God, because essentially that's what he is. And that's another thing is that it just feels there's no threat, essentially, because he's so overpowered that only a Deus Ex Machina can stop him anyway. So, <laughs> like, there's, there's, like it's just, as soon as the astral plane will be created, you just know. Baby X or whatever his name is will just be like I'm I'm super powerful now with the astral plane. Yeah, I don't know. All right, move on and kill him. Well, I just want to say I probably enjoyed the art more than you two. Uh, I was able to disregard the story and and the the word bubbles for the most part and just enjoy just the craziness of it. Um, and I want to point out that there's a, a pretty nice. Uh, Image of, of old man Logan just jumping into the fray. Uh, yeah. He's got the arrows sticking out of him. And since this is a Snick cast, we should probably highlight. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And I want to ask Jason what you felt about the way that his claws were drawn, because these are, this is an interesting shape to these claws. So they're very wide, right? Um, it's funny because sometimes they kind of have that bladed look, which is I've gone on record as being my preference. But sometimes they're also kind of pointy, mm-hmm. like pin pointy. Um, but I think you know it's interesting because where is the where is that snick? Let me get back to that snick. Um, Because there's almost like a, because uh, there's that snick, uh, so rogues like, uh, you know, dragons at the plane on fire. What the hell do you want from me, Logan? He's like, drink, cigar, 10 hours sleep, but I'm not holding my breath, snicked. There's almost like an um, Allred uh, flavor to the claws there, just kind of. Like like thick swords. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would say I like it more than some, but it's probably not my. I'm, I'm not gonna put up there like Sylvester's, but <laughs> you know, um, I, I that was pretty good claws for the most part. Cool. So, what do you guys want to rate this then? Uh, well, it's funny that you said you thought you liked the art more because I'm actually going to give this four out of six because of the art. Um, I did enjoy it quite a bit. There's some weird faces in the beginning. Um, and I, I think part of it maybe could have been a little bit crazier, actually. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I'll, I'm just going to disregard the script and, uh, and just give it four for visual pleasure. Cool. Dan? Um, I'm going to go three. I think it's just a bit sort of messy, um, even visually sometimes. So I think, however nice it looks, um, in places, I, I just, uh, it just it deserves a three. There you go. I hear you, Dan. I think if I was being a little bit more um, objective, I might go with a three. But I'm just I'm, I'm with Jason here. Throughout the story, I'm just going to look at the artwork and. F- because I, I don't care about X, I don't care about Proteus, <laughs> like this whole storyline I don't care about. But oh, we got another interesting artist doing some stuff. Okay, I'll just enjoy that for what it is. So four out of six, as a not as a comic book, but as like a collection of artwork. There you go. Well said. Well said. All right. So now we're gonna double dip on X Men Blue. So we've gone from red to astonishing psychedelic colors. To just do. Um, we're going to talk about issues 24 and 25. And let me double check. I think they're both. And this Cry Havoc Part 2 and 3, uh, written by Colin Bunn, art by Jorge Molina, colors by Matt Mia with J. David Ramos, Ramos, letters by VCs and Joe Caramania, and the cover by Jorge Molina. And I think that's the same. No, it's not. Never mind. I want to do one at a time. I don't want to get get too messy. All right, so number 24 has the cover of a split face with Magneto and Havoc, which, you would think they're going to do that. Why don't they do it the other way around and at least show, like, the evil Havoc fandom of the opera face? Right. But, um, I don't know. I love Molina, and I'm going to say a lot of good things when we get to the inside of this book. I don't really care for this cover that much. I like the barbed wire slash energy. Right, yeah. Kind of almost making the the neoclassical halos around them. 
Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's I I'm, it's not stand out for me either. Yeah, is that is that an optic blast winning them? And Cyclops down the bottom going, "Hey, let me back." <laughs> I wish. <laughs> All right. So in this one, of course, our our main X Blue team is still missing. Uh, we have Sebastian Shaw fighting Magneto, saying, "I thought this is what you wanted. It's Mother Vine, Mutant Supreme." And then we find out that Zorn didn't actually see um, uh, Jimmy Hudson. He needs a name. And uh, Bloodstorm at the end of the last issue. He was still talking to the people that were surrounding him, but acting like he just saw them. That was weird. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Mach 2, Toad, uh, not Angel and not Armor. And uh, they're trying to recruit Zorn from Miss Sinister. And he's like, I don't really want to. And they fight him anyway. Uh, they crack his helmet. Uh, Jimmy Hudson jumps in, tries to stab Not Armor. They're like, oh, it's you. You can come back with us, too. Um, Bloodstorm doesn't turn into bats. I thought she turned into bats. Like, you know, how she turned into fog that time? Right. So I thought, like, she went, like, old school, like, Count Dracula and just turned into a bunch of bats. Um, but it turns out she just called them i guess really is that was, what happened I, thought... I was a little confused about it as well because at first it's like okay she turned the bats and then when she's flying away there's still bats behind her i was like right i'm not certain anymore yeah i don't really know uh uh anyway she takes jimmy hudson and zorn and flies away with more bats so i don't know maybe Maybe she did turn into bats and she just left before she finished turning back into Bloodstorm. I don't... I can't really tell, to be honest. Or maybe she made the bats? Did she give birth to a bunch of bats? Right, like out of her... Like, from her jacket? Like, she opens up her jacket and instead of flashing you, you just get attacked by bats? Could, I thought she could tend to vermin. But, well, bats and whatever. Like, like other vampires. Like other Dracula vampires. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's bats left over. Maybe it's like a multiple man scenario. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't got all of her foot left because one one leg does look. That's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> it's not perspective. It's really cut off at the knee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Poor woman. Poor woman. Such, yeah, you're right because it does look like she's literally turned into them. But then yeah. It... Now, I thought that was a cool power. I was kind of excited. Like she turned. I liked when she turned into smoke, and you know, kind of gave an interesting. Because at least if she's going to be Storm from a different dimension, it's not just, oh, I'm Storm with a vampire. No, I'm actually like a completely different character. So I like that. Um, so we go back to Magipur and we have Ultimate Malice around Polaris's neck. She attacks the, uh, Rock Sh the Rickshaws. <laughs> That'll be my new name for them. Um, and their metal, metal scorpions. She's like, oh, metal weapons. That's cute. And she just kind of cuts them up very maliciously. Uh, Gazing Nightshade tries to see into her soul, but Ultimate Malice has no soul, just Malice. Oh, God. And then we go back, and Magneto is maybe going to defend himself with cutlery, but Sebastian Shaw th throws him down and runs at him. And, you know, his, his new secondary mutation is he can make energy out of potential energy as well as kinetic energy but suddenly it backfires and his cells start draining his own energy and he shrivels up 
and grabs Manino and says, please. And Manino says, nope. Um, Polaris brutally just takes care of the rickshaw gang. Um, but then, just in the nick of time, right after she's destroyed everybody, she's like, oh, I've had malice before. You're not as strong. I can break this necklace. And she does. And then she's like, oh, oops. <laughs> and then there's, <laughs> then there's a club with uh, Raleigh um, going to the club, and she meets Dawkins. There's like six distinctly different Dawkins running around the Marvel Universe. Yeah. <laughs> and this is another of them. Um, but she made some adamantium swords with Magneto, and she gives them to Dawkins and says, I'll call you later. And then um, we go back to Scotland where Magneto and Puny Shaw are meeting with the Mothervine Cabal, which includes Phantom of the Opera Havoc, Not So Crazy Emma Frost, uh, Miss Sinister, and uh, um, Bastion. And they're going to have a talk to be continued. So, what did you guys think of this? Man, I thought I'd be able to do that really quick. There was a lot going on in that issue. Um, what did y'all think of it? I like the art. Yeah, <laughs> art's amazing. Agreed. Most yep. I just think I, th- I think I think um, there's too many spinning plates. Yep. For sure. Like, what was the point of malice? Like, literally, what was the point? What was oh. the point of malice? Just to kill the the people that Bun created? I feel like, <laughs> like he's not getting rid of somebody else's characters. He's like he made them and brought them in. He's like, oh, I changed my mind. Oh, how can I get rid of them? Oh, malice. There you go. I do think there's too many Dakins um, wandering around. There's no need for more Dakin. Um, <laughs> it's like eating too much pudding. You just don't need. It. <laughs> at, first at first, it seems nice, and then it's too much, and it feel you feel sick. I just feel there's too much Dakin. Especially if they're all different flavors of pudding. Like, I exactly. like my butterscotch and I like my chocolate. I don't want them together. Mm, yeah, no. Yeah. To me, it feels like maybe he's trying to, like, tie things up a little bit because we're getting sort of... But but then again, he's not. I don't... Right. I don't, <laughs> this feels like another ish, another X-book where you're like, I don't really care that much about the story per se I'll just look at the artwork some lovely color work yeah but like really nice there's no like there's no it, it's not it, it doesn't feel again it doesn't feel like um, Molina's doing like his usual best like there's some great panels like uh, in the Hellfire Club where those other guys look really quite concerned that Magneo and Sebastian Shaw having it off of each other but it just feels like um there's some dyna- dynamic panels and then all of a sudden it's like everything's normal <laughs> all of it looks pretty much bog standard and then you'll get some more nice panels and bog standard again yeah for sure it just that kind of just feels like the book at the moment yeah and there's like moments where it's like oh that could be interesting oh it's done it's it's ended <laughs> georgie i do really like uh, jimmy hudson's claws by Molina. Yeah. Going back to that claw question. This kind yeah. of the classic uh almost katana bladeish. Yeah. So that's that's what I like. Um there's a panel where Polaris uh 
has been taken over by Malice, which she's walking forward that I think is just great. Um, she's like outlined in, in, in green and sort of Kirby crackle all around. Yeah. Her. Yeah. So, I mean, for panels like that, I, I enjoyed the book for those panels. I'm not, I don't think art overall, I don't, I didn't really, I don't know if I had as much, uh, much down time as Dan did, and that's fine. Um, I don't really care for. No, I see what you're saying. That whole page where she's fighting the the rickshaw, and you see the close up of Malice's necklace, and she breaks the kid's bones. It's pretty, pretty standard. I mean, it's kind of there. Um, but, but yeah, um, I don't know. What do you guys want to give number twenty four? I'm gonna give it a three, a very standard three. Like, if 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 the artwork would have been, you know, the best that Molina can put out, I, I could give this a four. But it doesn't quite stand out as much as as astonishing artwork did. So, and and as you guys mentioned, there's too much going on story wise. Where, you know, it'd be nice if we could just focus on Havoc's uh, craziness, or you know, maybe I don't want to focus on Malice. But what's the point of bringing that in? at the very end of last issue to be done after like four <laughs> pages. So I, I, and then you've got Jimmy Hudson and Bloodstorm doing stuff. There's just too much happening. There's clearly like two, two, two plot threads, um, which could have been easily handled <laughs> in separate storylines and then tied it up in the fed, a third storyline. Right. Together. Cause like he's, like like Georgie said, he's trying to tie. It feels like he's trying to tie all the loose ends he's created, but at the same time, he's just letting it all dangle. Um, <laughs> at the same... So, all right. What you got, Dan? Uh, you I'm gonna got? give it a free. I'm gonna give it a free as well. It's not like um, offensive, but it's just so. It's very middle of the road. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Um, I think with the art, I'm leaning towards a four, but I can't quite get there. Um, so I'll give I'll give X Men Blue three out of six as well, and then I'm going to give X Men twenty five an additional dollar for no reason. Um, <laughs> Cry really? Havoc part yeah. yes four ninety nine because of this stupid backup story. Um, oh yeah, oh, story is disgusting. Minus two points for the backup story is all I'm saying. Right. Um, so the main story uh, is Colin Bunn and Jorge Molina again, but this time inked by Craig Young and colors just by Matt Mia. And we have a Meanwhile written by Colin Bunn with art by Mike Perkins and then colors by Andy Troy. Um, so we have Polaris feeling guilty about what she did in that brief moment that Malice took her over until she realized, hey, I don't have to do this, which, that's another thing I didn't like about that issue. It's like, why, if she, if Malice wasn't as strong, she should have just bucked him from the beginning. Right. I I don't know. Uh, Magneto kind of goes back and forth with the the Mother Vine people. Uh, Emma Frost got a haircut, I think. Let me double check. She does not look good in these issues. Yeah. Maybe not. It was pretty short the last time too. Um, they all kind of there's a lot of talking here at the front of this. Um, 
And then they deploy some Sentinel missiles with the mother virus that's going to cause A, regular mutations, and B, secondary mutations and mutants. Um, and he knows, like, I don't like Bastion. I don't like Emma. Not crazy about Havoc or Miss Sinister and, you know, whatever. I think Sebastian Shaw and Bastion should uh, merge bodies and be, I don't know, <laughs> just similar sounding. Uh, Magneto pulls out a brand new suit of armor and goes to town. Lots of fighting here. I will say Molina's Havoc power looks great. Um, with the kind of bubbles around the concentric circles, like little loops, kind of, it's really cool looking. Um, then Magneto takes some MGH and pulls a lighthouse down on top of the bad guys. Um, Hudson and Bloodstorm get home with Zorn. And I do, I do like this part where they Dawkins like, Well, what do you know? A mopey teenager crying on the front steps. Must be a school for mutants. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the highlight of the issue for me. That, you know, Dawkins looks pretty dapper in that suit. Um... So there's some more kind of banter, lots of lots of quote unquote uh, fast talk in this book, and then we get the new backup X-Men team, which will be Polaris, Jimmy Hudson, Zorn, Bloodstorm, Gazing Nightshade, and just like his dad in Grant Morrison's run, uh, Dawkins with a jacket unzipped with no shirt underneath. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so, I, what do you guys think of the, the new the new uniforms for X Men Blue? The X's are blue; they got the color right. <laughs> They're very much of the new X Men Morrison run, aren't they? Um, yes, they are. Even down to the boots. Pretty much. They're not too bad. I've seen worse costumes. Yeah, I don't dislike these actually. Storm's really Bloodstorm's really tall. <laughs> she is. <laughs> and this one, yeah. It's not just her mohawk. But um, anyway, they're ready to report for duty just like they were on the cover. Which, by the way, I meant to say, I think the colors on the cover looks weird. I don't like the... like. I'm, I'm getting bored of team covers, I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So then we get our story that says, hey, where's the X-Men blue team? But we already know they're venomized because they've been out there for two weeks now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but this is a catch-up by Mike Perkins, whose Iron Fist art was really good. This is not. No. Um, yeah. It's basically just them coming home. I don't really care. Um, I didn't know Jean was dead. When did she die? She Remember died last, in last that issue, yeah. the next story. Yeah. She got she got blasted out into space dust. Yeah, but, you I mean, know she's, she's not, not really officially dead. 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 They don't have like a body. Right. It was like. We can't go back to save her, and she's still got right. symbiote on her, so she's out in it's, space all alone. She's dead. Right. Let's got Felcher there at the end. I could have sworn just for a second there, I felt her. I have totally erased any of those other any of those moments. Oh, it was happening. terrible. It was yeah. terrible. And Venomized is not much better. Uh, the Quello art is really cool on it, but that's about it. Um, yeah, this story. I will say this more streamlined not necessarily any better 
I don't get why danger. So, like, I'm. I was confused. Maybe you could illuminate this to me. Like, oh, danger God. is about. Danger is about to like run out of power. Yeah, and what she does is put them in a bubble, which is a hologram. Is that she what? Tr- yes. She tries to build them like a a paradise training session, so they can die peacefully or happily. Ah, uh, I just didn't care to read any of those elements. I just sort of. Uh, yes. That was that was a dollar wasted. And I'm assuming from the art that Perkins got paid about a dollar. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's me. I really and to be fair, I really do I really did enjoy his work on Iron Fist. But um this just seems, I don't know, off. Yeah, I wonder if he was rushed. If like, hey, we need we need a backup. Can you do this in like right. a week? Did you do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> who's who's on lunch or who didn't go out for lunch? Who stayed here? Yeah. All right, you <laughs> <laughs> But no, I don't know. I'm hoping. May- so, what do you guys think of the Mother Vine concept, just in general, like as kind of the the thing we're facing off against here? That was the most interesting thing to me because you know it's revealed what Mother Vine is. It's it's the mutant experiments from um, Ultimate Universe, right? That right. Miss Sinister yeah. is taken and is introducing because she likes to mess with genetics. So that was the most. At least as a concept or an idea, was like okay, that's yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't know if I really like the idea of them just mass mutinizing people, but <laughs> it's like a terrigen bomb all over again. It's almost as if they're not using in humans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna nod to that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually felt like the art was a little less entertaining than the previous issue. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just... I want to like this book. I'm, I'm liking it okay, but that's about about all I am. I'm going to give 25 3 out of 6 claws as well. I, I feel like the book's a tease. Like, it's just teasing things. Like, oh, we're... we're will address secondary mutations because no one's talked about them since like 2000 and whatever um so we'll then we'll talk about the ultimate universe which is something people like and look we've introduced a new team but you'll only see them on the final page i feel like it's just <laughs> tease after tease after tease right and there's no like there's no meat on the bones and then it's just a lot of talking about things we already know it's just happened a couple of panels ago but by the way magneto people of the sentinels launching missiles i know we saw it in the panel Two panels ago, I don't know. I just uh, uh, meh, just meh. I give it two. Okay. Yeah, I didn't enjoy because the artwork it was, nearly as much for this. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. I was going to say it would have got more, but that backup story at least to minus is one point. <laughs> <laughs> right. You took the words uh, right out of my mouth. I was just you guys going to say, talk me down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy the artwork even in the main story as much as it did the previous issue. Right. Um. I do kind of like the new out, 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 outfits for the new team. I like Polaris being maybe a you know a bigger part, <clears throat> excuse me, of a team, and um, and I, I did enjoy that the costume, uh, like the armored up uh, Magneto that we saw for just like a page and a half. But aside from that, I was kind of a boring issue, and that backup was that was not doing anyone any favors. So I'm gonna give this a two as well. I do hope this blue team, new blue team, lasts longer than what happens in X Men Gold. 
<laughs> so hopefully so. Hopefully so. That that issue of gold is pretty garbagey. <laughs> oh, Georgie, I meant to. Oh, well. well Don't worry about well, it. I'd rather not read it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, X Men Blue is. It's kind of floating in that. That void between the the good X book we have and the other bad X books. It's just kind of. That middle ground, which. Not necessarily bad, but not necessarily good. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I really wanted to be really positive on this issue, so let's talk about some better things. You want to? <laughs> I definitely do. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about Exiles number one? Even though I was very, very disappointed that my most looking forward to character was not in the book yet. But, um... Yeah, so Exiles, number one. Uh, I'll roll through the credits real fast, and I'll let you guys rip into it. Uh, we have Saladin Ahmed. Is that, is that how you say that? Saladin, maybe? I would say Sal- Saladin or Saladin. Okay, Saladin. That sounds better. Yeah. Saladin Ahmed is the writer. Javier Rodriguez is the penciler and the colorist on page four. <laughs> thought that was interesting. Um Alvaro Lopez is the inker. Jordi Belair is the colorist. Mises Joe Caramagna is the letterer. And the cover is by David Marquez and Matthew Wilson. Now, let's, let's mention the cover real fast. But before we get to the comic, I have a couple of questions for you guys. So, um, what do you guys think of the cover? It's kind of like almost like a video game digital, like almost like a Tron space. And you have Blink. Uh, obviously, an older Miss Marvel, a Valkyrie, a tiny baby Wolverine, an Iron Lad kind of jumping off the planet Earth. What did you guys think of the cover by Marquez? So this this sort of ties into something else, but um, Dan and I have started a new podcast. Yes, I was called, about to get there. Called the Excalibros. Where, <laughs> That's an awesome name, by the way. I right? love it. Um, so we go over old issues of Excalibur. Old issues of Exiles, and uh, we're reading the new issues of Exiles as well. So, uh, you know, a little peek behind the scenes, but we just recorded uh, a podcast yesterday about this issue. Okay. Uh, so if you want to hear, like, really in-depth uh, about about this issue, uh, please check that out. That'll probably be out in about a week. Awesome. Um, I'm glad it's around the corner. Y'all have, like, any... Well, I guess we can say that for the end, but, yeah, definitely if you have any, like... Uh, Website information stuff definitely let people know about that. Definitely, but I think Dan, um, you, you coined a really nice phrase for for what they're doing here. They're they're saving the what? Um, the every verse. <laughs> yes, they're saving the oh, every verse. Every verse, nice. Okay, so, well, um, so so I was going to get to that plug. Um, well, I, I just want to mention saving the every verse because that really ties into the cover because. It's like yes. uh, different I don't know, versions, different universes of, of Earth are sort of like billowing out as these uh, characters are, are coming towards the screen. Right. right. Yeah. So I, I wanted not to not to rob uh, any thunder from from the other podcast, but this is actually the first issue of an Exiles book I've ever read, and so I kind of <laughs> just wanted to get a little bit of y'all's background on the original Exiles and kind of what you 
just just very high level kind of what your experience was with it what you thought was whether it's something you really loved or just kind of knew about or you know what have you so i really enjoyed exiles um when it came out and until claremont killed it dead um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and i have real fond memories of it going back to it as you'll hear if you listen to our podcast I have very different experiences with the first couple of issues, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, but um, all in all, Exiles and Blink are, are like mainstays. And, um, but I think when talking about Blink, Georgie kind of has the has the microphone, really. Yeah, Blink is one of my favorite X Men of all time. Um, okay, I was just at that age when oh, what was that uh, crossover that had like the hologram cards on the front? Or uh, oh, maybe um, it's the one afterward. It's when the Gen uh, X team was sort of like phalanx, kid, the Phalanx Convent. Yes, it's the Phalanx Convent. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's where uh, she, she first appeared, and she like disappeared. She sacrificed herself to save everyone, and she was sort of like everyone wanted to know more about her. And then when she appeared in Age of Apocalypse as like another standout character, I was just fully hooked. So um, I, I didn't read as much Exiles as Dan did. It was it's much more sporadic. So it's, it's nice to go back and, and read the issues. Um, I've read probably the first 15 and then sporadically you know, afterward. But she's, she's a great character uh, in that book. And that book does a lot of interesting things with, with new, new characters. So um, it's all on, on Marvel uh, Unlimited. So if you, you feel like going through and reading them, uh, I, would, I would recommend it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I was, I was curious because... Well, we'll kind of talk as we go through it, but I, I'm wondering if um, having a pre-existing, um, I guess, favor for Blink is a little bit of a prerequisite for this book. But we'll, we'll talk about that as we get into it. So, um, yeah, why don't you guys kick us off, kind of walk us through some of this. Okay, so not to get too too bogged down in details, but right, got... right, and, and especially if you already covered it, I don't want to make you just regurgitate yourselves. But um, no, I think we could probably because we've already gone over it in detail, probably give you uh, our final thoughts in like a cleaner yeah. cleaner way. Um, but but to go over the details of the book a little bit, we've got old 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 man Nick Fury who's been chained to the moon uh, because of the events. And I couldn't remember it yesterday. Do you remember the name of that 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 crossover that Jason uh, did? Secret, secret, um, secret. I sin. thought it was secret something, but it isn't, is it? It's 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 something it was, completely else. It was sins, something sins, right? Yeah, yeah. Se- not secret sins. Um, original sin. Was it original? Original sin. Yeah. Original yes. sin. Yeah, yeah. Just sounds right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> something yeah. to rip off. Yeah. So he got turned into like the. He's like a watcher, watcher, basically. Yeah. yeah. Much. He's, he's just on the moon explaining that the every verse is being uh, eaten up, um, and one of the ultimate okay. uh, Nick Furies comes to the moon with uh, the Talus, which is basically what um, the Exiles used to you know travel between the the Omniverse. Okay, I want to. Can we stop right here? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the continuity um, stickler me is trying to figure something out. So how much of the Eververse is still left after the last Secret Wars? Um, if you think about it, didn't Reed 
put it all back. Oh, that's right. Well, he was making new ones, right? Okay, yes. Him and Valerie. Yeah, the whole family. Okay. And if you read any of the the Ultimates, you know that there's there's something else happening universally as well that's that's out there. So Secret Wars wasn't the be-all, end-all of things. Okay, cool. All right. All right, carry on, sir. Mm -hmm. And then we get the introduction of Blink again, who, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, sort of came out of the Age of Apocalypse. Um, and traveled throughout the Omniverse. She's summoned by the Talos to the Moon, where Nick Fury explains that it's happening again. Um, and she puts on a Talos, and she's transported to an alternate universe where she meets Khan, who... How, Khan! How you, yes. Dan, how did you put this... How did you phrase this? Grizzled Khan in Frank Miller's future Marvel <laughs> Universe. <laughs> Frank Miller is perfect. As a perfect analogy. Um, and right away, she's... Uh, you know, she's... What we, we want, really want to point out here um, is that each character in the team is drawn slightly differently depending on what universe they're from. Uh-huh. Um, so Khan is, is definitely more grizzled where, where Blink is more cleanly drawn. Um... Then they are sort of blinked to, not blinked to, but the Talos takes them to another universe as Khan's universe is destroyed. We meet Iron Lad, Iron Lad, um, who quickly joins the team because uh, Kang is about to shoot them, but Kang and his universe are gobbled up. And then we find out that the Time Eater, who's eating all of the Omniverse, is almost like a zombie uh, Galactus, um, and to be continued. So that's 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 the basic storyline um, of of. Of this issue, then is there anything you want to add? Um, no. Um, apart from thoughts on the issue, um, no. That I think that covers the whole uh, everything that happens. It's good. Though I do love one of my favorite things is the introduction of the characters. I think um, it is a book that might need more than one read because when I first read it, I wasn't particularly warm to it. But it took like another read to really appreciate like everything that was put on on page um although there's a lot of exposition i think the way that he deals with the way the way that he deals with iron lad's really convoluted exposition like it's a joke like the character is like like his entire backstory is just a ridiculous thing so the characters react to it being just insane um i think that's quite clever and the fact that you know what grizzled khan which is my name for her forever um (laughs) Like you know what her character is about almost immediately with little to no dialogue, and we discussed Blink is very different here than she has been in past iterations, because um, she's got more of a spunky personality and she's a bit more like um, chatty as opposed to certain as, as opposed to perhaps her last appearances. But I, overall, I thought it was a, a really strong first issue, and I really loved the front cover. Because um, I like the fact that all of them are drawn differently, yes. um, in their own unique style, and I just can't get over how cute that Wolverine is. Yeah, I need. I think Dan points it out really well. You know, when I read it for the second time when we recorded yesterday, I fell much more in love with this book. Just going through the details and seeing what the artist really, really put into it, and how that helped to enhance the storytelling. And I feel like Jason, if you read this maybe a second or third time, you might appreciate a little bit more even though you may not have really a tie to any of these characters um 
but like even just going through that big splash page where she's talking to Nick Fury, who's who's sort of chained to the moon, uh, how how well that that is put together, or just seeing her jump through the different universes and seeing how Frank Miller's, uh, <laughs> you know, Grizzly Khan universe is drawn separately from Blink, or how how um, like Iron Land is shaded and drawn and yes. colored separately from from the other two characters, and how his world is. Is, is very you know bright and and, and bubbly. Uh, the the art really does a standout job of showing how each universe in this everyverse is is separate. And those panels and pages of Kang shooting and monologuing are just unbelievable uh, for me. So I, I feel like going through this again and picking up the little details, you start to appreciate this more. And this um, this cliffhanger of of Galactus, who's sort of eating the Omniverse, is a really interesting idea as well. Because I think Dan, you had you had postulated that what if this is the zombie version of yeah, uh, Galactus? Yeah, kind of looks like it. Hmm, definitely. I think it'd be. I think it's got a lot of great questions. And and going back to the ACOR of like when I was saying it's a bit, some of it's a bit messy. Um, um, and this. Exile seems to the opposite, where it has a lot going on, but like visually, it can tell it, it tells its story much cleaner. Right. Um, I love it's, Rodriguez. Um, his, his art is really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. It's a great I, layout I, I, I miss as well. his Spider Woman books so much. Oh Him God, is like yeah. the best thing. Yeah, but like he's got the layouts, for example, when they're on on the moon and sort of yeah. Like she's just moving around in a circle around uh, Nick Fury, or when the universes are being destroyed and it's almost like cards being shuffled uh, through the page, or uh, the big splash yes, page right. where Iron Lad is, is flying with, uh, you know, he's carrying the bullies and there are little like pockets all around them. And sometimes the pockets play into the panels play into the overarching splash page, and sometimes they don't. It's just really like well thought out, uh, just flow of story. Um, so like just looking through this artwork even a third or fourth time, it really it's just really well 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 told. Yeah, I agree. The art was definitely my favorite part of the book. And I think even that uh that page of blink where she's kind of a collage yeah. is just a fantastic page. Um So uh Ankman, is this the guy that wrote the very acclaimed Jason's going to eventually read Black Bolt series? Yep. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I think the final point I'd like to make is there is a lot of exposition in the beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, which <laughs> a is, lot of words. Which was a turnoff for me as well. Like this Nick Fury character I don't really care about. Um, but he is sort of like... Uh, he, he's just a stand-in for the previous guy who would send the exiles on their journey. And this... This exposition is just kind of necessary to explain the concept for people who aren't familiar with it. So it's, it's a necessary evil that he gets he gets out of the way really quickly and then we're, we're able to sort of enjoy the characters afterward. I don't know. Dan, do you want to speak to that anymore? Yeah, I think both... like We have read the first issue of both, both Exiles and they both sort of hit that formula. There's a moment where the story just is exposition and then they move on um, so I think it's just trying to explain the whole we're hopping through time and space now kids but trying to like make it 
not just be one sentence like that, which could have just been one sentence. Why didn't anyone just say that? <laughs> just like look, right. just jumping through time and space. Yeah, but it's just I, selling the concept. So yeah. No, I I won't disagree. I think it probably wasn't necessary. I just kind of bored with it. Um, sure. But the but the art was amazing, and I think I think there's enough here to say oh I, I think I can really get on board with this like second issue forward you <laughs> know what I mean like we kind of got everything out of the way now we're going to actually start the story and you know I, I can see myself enjoying this book more as it goes but you know even right out of the bat though the art is is just flipping amazing so I definitely agree with y'all there yeah I want to point out that Kang page again because he's shooting down with his I don't know laser beam but you can see the laser beam is is also uh, what do, what do you call it? It's got the faces of the characters in the beam, but it's also words. It's it's a sound. Yeah, it's a blam. It's like three. Onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah. It's it's three levels happening at, at one time here. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's quite intricate in ways that you're not you're not waiting for. Um, but we had also mentioned that it takes the the original Exiles a good couple of issues to really get going as well. So. Um, okay. If you're, if people are like, it's not as good as the original. Well, the original wasn't, you know, spread out, <laughs> off, yeah. right out, out of the. Your bed memories either. will not be the same as what it actually was. Um, Interesting. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I will uh, go ahead and come in because uh, I have a pretty solid indication. I'm probably going to be a little lo- lower on than you on this. Um, I'm going to give Exiles number one. Uh, three out of six, all for the art and for the potential. Because um, I do think potentially I could really end up enjoying this book, and maybe when you tie in like a trade's worth, I'll read the first issue a little more favorably. It just it didn't really hook me, and so for that, I'll, I'll kind of reserve judgment and see where the series goes. But I'm expecting y'all to give it much higher. So go ahead. Um, well, we have a different rating system on our show, I think. Um, so I'm just oh, trying to equate so. what... what <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. not giving it snicks, no. <laughs> no. I'm just trying to equate what we, what we, what we rated it as, as, as to yours. Um, it better I, match up. When I listen to your episode, it, it, I better be able to find the conversion. <laughs> well, maybe I can cheat so you can, you can find out my rating on our show. <laughs> okay, you can definitely, if you want to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's tease. Yeah, let's tease everybody. You so go. you guys have heard their thoughts. If you want to know like their kind of score, go listen to Excalibros. Excalibros, yeah. And I think you know, teaser. We do like it more than than you. I mean, you can tell just by our comments. Yes, uh, here. definitely. Um, but, but we the, do have the benefit of reading it a few more times. Yes. So. And we went into detail, like every panel, um, and all the artwork nice. and what it, it meant. So, like, if you can go through and. and I don't want to say nitpick it, but like delve into this. I think you might enjoy it, you know, more. It's like an autopsy, but with a comic book. <laughs> so, so you're saying I didn't try hard enough? I got you. <laughs> this, this book requires more of my effort. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how comics are supposed to work, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, if you don't read the words in X-Men Gold, that's an effort. True. <laughs> yeah, that's an effort all that's of it. itself. But yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, um, so let's move on then to uh, Domino number one. A fabulous first issue. It says right there on the cover. Um, 
This, of course, is written by um, Gail Simone. Uh, art by David Baudion. I know there's other credits. I'm just looking for them. Um, are they at the end? They are at the end. Okay. Uh, colors by Jesus Arbatov. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, and the cover is by Greg Land and Frank Diamarda. And then there's this... Uh, you know, we had this thing with um, the Jean Grey book, too, where there's sometimes, you know, like, oh, I wish the person that did this kind of design was doing some of the art, too. Because you have this Elsa Chariter or Chariteer with Matthew Wilson do this really cool, like, James Bond-looking, almost looks like a cross between James Bond and uh, Bruce Timm, um, kind of down there in the middle of the cover. Right. Uh, Edit page. That's pretty cool. Um, what do you guys think of the cover? Besides Domino being a hair too thin, I think it's a pretty cool cover. It's not it's too very, much bust. So it's very much a, a Greg Land cover where he's been told not to make them naked. Right. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. if Greg Land is going to draw like this for astonishing, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. And I mean, Domino's always kind of visually striking. Um, you know, with her eye patch and everything, and just her her character design has always been pretty interesting in a '90s kind of way. But I think it holds up for the most part. And so we open up to Domino Dog in the front. Um, she gets the dog to match herself, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, lots of talking. We go back and. A few days earlier, where she's on the mission with um, uh, Inez uh, Outlaw is her code name mm-hmm. from the old uh, Agent X books, where uh, Gail Simone had Deadpool not be Deadpool for a little bit. Um, and Yudon did the art for that. I just remember the art was really cool for that series. Um, but so she's coming back. I think it's the first time she's been seen in a while, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But she's one of Domino's partners, and they're they're fought, they got paid to kind of shut some stuff down. But it turns out it was a trap, and uh, this guy they're trying to save is not really a hostage so much as like a mutant, were vampire troll kind of guy, and um, lots of good action, lots of good fighting. Domino gets mud in her cleavage, which should probably be the name of the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we find out probably one of my favorite kind of surprises of the book is this was kept under wraps as far as I knew. Um, Diamondback is kind of the third member of the team, which I thought was really cool. I'm uh, you know in the middle of my 80s going into 90s reread um, for Marvel and those issues of Captain America where she's very much a supporting character. And so I got, I got some love for diamond back. Um, so she shows up, they have a party, a birthday party for Domino, which of course has storm and beast and some other characters, including Taskmaster, Um, and a bunch of other people. Dazzler sings a song. Deadpool's there. Um, then we get a memory. She's getting headaches. And these memories of when she was... It's not Weapon X. It's some other program she was a part of. And she's getting memory flashes, one of which includes Wolverine. 
uh, Logan Wolverine. And then uh, she cuddles with her dog. She's kind of drunk. She meets Topaz and an old man who gives her a broken domino and tries to kill her. Throws her off the roof. So, um, anyway, kind of starts out the gate with kind of high action. Um, how much, uh, how much Baldion or Baldion have you guys read? Almost. I love, loved his artwork in the Spirits of Vengeance. Very um, cool. And if you haven't read his Nova series, I would highly recommend that as well. Yes. Nova. Young Nova or older Nova? Uh, Sam, the Sam Alexander Nova. Okay. Yeah. He took over, uh, I don't know if immediately after McGinnis left the book, but but he had a nice little long run towards the end of it. It was really, really nice. Really cool. Very, very kind of stylized, but just really works, especially in space. I mean, the artwork is just great, this whole issue. This is Yes, gorgeous. I agree. I agree. Um, what did y'all think of the story? This feels like where we've got peak sort of Secret Six. Simone? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, I quite like <laughs> it. I like the fact that the one greatest thing about this book is that Domino's a character. I haven't seen yeah. Domino be a character since... Issue two of Weapon X, maybe? Right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but this feels like, hello, this is an introduction to Domino, and this is a lot of action at the same time, and I, I quite appreciated the loosely defined terms of her powers and just uh, who she is. So it's quite efficient as a storytelling procedure. Right, and you kind of have the... The, the setup mission that introduces everybody, but then also kind of the uh, the more menacing threat in the background. I thought it was, you know, pretty typical for Simone, right? But it works for the the book and the story. I just realized all the balloons are black and white. <laughs> I I feel like you can definitely tell that this is written by a woman. Um, just the way the story's told, the way the characters act and think doesn't feel like you know, the way a man would, would write this. And even the way it's drawn, I feel like Gail Simone probably told the artist, like, you know, you can make them sexy, but make them, you know, a way that a woman might dress to feel sexier or think that someone looks looks good in. So I uh, it's I haven't read that much Gail Simone. Last time I was really paying attention to what she was doing was when she was writing um, Batgirl, which was yeah not good. Um <laughs> So it, it was up and down. It was up and down. Yeah. But I feel like this is this is a great, you know, jumping off issue. This is a great first issue, both artwork and, and storytelling wise. I was I was surprisingly hooked by this. This is a very strong first issue. Easily one of the best of the the, the ones we've watched. Watched watched. Red. Watched, red. Uh, yeah. Red. <laughs> Yeah, I would say it was pro- of this group where we talked about. It's probably my second favorite issue. So. All right. All right. Well, how high are we going to go, gentlemen, on Domino Number One? I'll go straight in with five. I'm right there with a five. I I feel like maybe this might be on the same level as Red, but uh, I feel like Red earned earned that six that I gave it. It uh, this one is it's a great first issue. I'm gonna give it just just a five because I feel like it's too 
I don't want to give the first issue like top marks and then things start sliding down. So I'm going to give it a five and see what, what else has got to come come in the future. Yeah, I think there's there's enough here to be like, okay, cool, a domino book. Who who knew? <laughs> and and the art is also just so good. I'm gonna be right there with you guys uh, with five out of six claws. All right, we are down to our last book, Rogan Gambit number four. Oh, before we do that, so I <laughs> budget reasons and other things. I'm gonna wait and finish New Mutants when it comes on Marvel Unlimited. Did, did y'all have anything I wanted to say? About the second issue of that one, it has the same problems as the first. Okay. And the same strengths. Yep. Very cool. So, so if you like the first one a lot, keep going. If not, maybe maybe wait with me. <laughs> I do. I will definitely read it. I'm just. I had a big week that week as it was, and needed to cut somewhere, and that one just happened to get the axe that week. Makes so, sense. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. But one thing I had to get was Rogan Gambit number four because I've been enjoying this book. Um, this, of course, is by Kelly Thompson, future writer of X Men Gold. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, our, Come on, Kelly. Right, you know you like us. You know you right, want to. Right. Do it, do it, and do to it. Me, <laughs> yeah, that's, of course, unofficial. Um, <laughs> our, so no one listened to this and be like, I thought they said no. We're just hoping. We're wishful thinking. Um, Pere Perez is the artist. Uh, colors by Frank Diamarda, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover by Chris Aka, where we have Rogue and Gambit switched. This is my favorite out of all of them. That we've seen <laughs> it's so really far. fun. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I love how she looks as Gambit, and I love how yeah, he looks in right? her costume. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> I like this cover a lot, too. Um, yeah, so why one of you guys, uh, what's the What's the short version of this issue? Things happen. Is that the shortest? <laughs> go. Right? They, they break free. They kill the golems. They, when they do so, they get their powers back and the memories of their partners, which helps to make them understand each other emotionally a little bit more. Uh, they share a wonderful kiss. And then uh, at the end, they said it's time to finish off uh, the golems. Yeah. I, re- I thought... Thompson, there's really something powerful about, I'll say, I mean, the whole issue, but these last three pages where they, they get out of the room and they're, they're trying to figure out what their next move is going to be. And they just kind of stop and have this quiet conversation about, you know, Rogue's idea. Like, well, there's something tempting about, like, maybe we don't do this and we keep the blank slate and and go from there but of course we can't so let's you know have a last kiss just in case and Gambit's like never use last with us um it's just kind of like okay like not like oh I promise things will be better or whatever it just, just kind of says okay and um I don't know there's something there's something very realistically romantic about where they end up in this issue that it kind of makes it cause I, I won't lie I kind of got a little confused during parts of the issue. I couldn't remember how everything was exactly working. It didn't help that I read this at like, you know, one in the morning last night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, but I thought it really ended in a really strong place. And even throughout, it definitely, she definitely knows how to write these characters and is really, really, really focused on this story, fleshing them out 
and has done a great job, and the art is just as awesome as it has been. So, what did you guys think about this one? I, I agree. I was a little confused the part of the way through, like what what's happening. But after Rogue uh, went through the same process that Gambit went through, it sort of clicked in, in my brain. Like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is making more sense. Oh, I'm liking this more and more. And I love the flashbacks. Uh, like, for example, they, they go back to when uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey got married. Um, it's it, I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, I'm going to let Dan, Dan speak. <laughs> um, I like the art mirroring itself quite a lot in this issue with uh-huh. certain panels. And I do like the spot switcheroo between their powers and how Rogue uses her glove as a charged grenade. Um, yes, that was really cool. When it, and, that, and and I just I don't know I just I echo all your sentiments I think it's really quite an emotive and sort of compelling characterization I've never cared for this pairing of characters until this book I literally have never given a crap about this relationship and then this book is actually <laughs> um it's you know, it's sort of highlighted why people would be interested in them because of the way it's sort of put it across and this issue really does hammer home that they actually are sort of these in situations, lovers that never really get to the finish line, um, and even when they're offered like a second opportunity, they still have to do the right thing. And I thought it's nice, and it's really sold me on this relationship. Um, when I used to be like, ugh, when people were like, oh, Rogue and Gambit, and I'm like, ugh, <laughs> them. them again. Right, that's funny. Okay, well, um. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. I think we've pretty much given all these issues mostly the same score with an, a little bit of a variance. Um, I'm gonna stick with five out of six for issue four for me. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I think it's a very high five. I think I don't know what it needs to just knock itself over the sort of um, fence, but I think the bad guy's not very interesting. I mean, yeah, I think if he added maybe a little more. Because I, I don't actually care about the, the quote-unquote plot at all. Really, the, yeah, that's, what sells this book is the art and the dialogue and the characterization. And I think if you add that extra element of like being a really compelling protagonist or, or something, uh, or sorry, antagonist or something to really... But, but then I kind of backtrack because I don't really know if that's necessary for this book. I mean, obviously, it's doing fine just focusing on the relationship, so I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm putting a double standard on it, but yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's there's something not quite allowing me to give it that six, but but it's a very very solid five. Yeah, I'm with you guys. You? I'm with the I'm with the solid five as as well. There was a few parts of the artwork that it wasn't quite into. Um, I mean, there was just so much going on here. I feel like they had to maybe. I don't want to say cut corners, but um, it's just so much art to draw. Uh, I don't think it quite holds up art-wise the whole way through the book. However, I do want to highlight uh, a, a panel where uh, Gambit's holding the garter belt, and you see in the background Scott and Gina kissing, but even further in the background, we've got Bishop with that awesome... Uh, I was mullet. just looking at that, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it earns points for giving Bishop that mullet, so... Uh, <laughs> This is yeah. great. Is this a six issues, or how many issues is this supposed to be? I thought this was only five, but I could be wrong. 
Okay. You remember, Dan? Yeah. I, I thought it was only five, but clearly it's more. <laughs> so, who knows? It's a great issue. I mean, it's been a great series. Yeah, it has. Really good. I, I hope uh, Mr. Perez also. I mean, obviously Thompson's got plenty of stuff coming out down the, down the pike. But I hope Mr. Perez also gets a chance to draw some more stuff after this. For sure. Okay. Cool. Well, any closing thoughts on just kind of everything before we uh, move to the end of the show? Um, I want to just say that, uh, you know, a few months ago, maybe more than just a few, we were, we were in a dark, dark place. Uh, gold wasn't doing well. <laughs> Blue was doing poorly. We were still reading Weapon X. We were still reading Gold at that point. We didn't have Red. We didn't have Rogue and Gambit. Um, you know, things are not good. But I feel like we've turned we've turned a corner here for the X-Men. Uh, Rogue and Gambit has been a consistent highlight. X-Men Red has been great. Uh, Blue isn't wonderful, but it's not terrible. Um, Astonishing, at least, is giving us some, some interesting artwork. Domino yeah. is, is a welcome, you know, addition. So I feel like this has been a, a good grouping of books to read. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, let's see, let's, we, we talked specifically about one, two, three. Seven books. So we have a six and a four. It's ten. Sixteen. What's thirty? I mean, that's like an average of four and a half. This is kind of our average rating. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. That's 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 like very very solid. So if you if you kick gold out and read everything else. <laughs> Then well, average well, everything right? to get. Oh right, right, yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. Art. That new guy drawing the art is. I, I feel really bad. I, I really don't like to be negative on the podcast whenever I can help it, but it's just it's garbage time. <laughs> mm. It's so bad. Um, but no, but ignore that and just think about. There are. There's like, and there's really good character work. And I think, I mean, even like, even though I was a little down in Exiles, I really, I really do find there's a lot of potential there, and that should be another book. I think is going to give us a lot of really good, just character, right? And if anything, from what I've heard of the Black Wolf series, that's kind of all that is, right? Is just yeah, that was all character. really, yeah. really peeling back the onion on Black Bolt and. Um, I expect that we'll see a similar situation with Blink, and I mean, hell, if he can find a way to make Cute Wolverine more than just like a 2D cartoon, then that's kind of a miracle in and of itself, right? Um, it's going to be great to have him <laughs> in that team because having X yes. baby Wolverine, like, what an <laughs> ingenious idea, you know? <laughs> it's like we have to have a Wolverine, but I don't want because they were t- are. Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth was in the original Exiles, right? On and off. Point. Yeah. On and off. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, most X teams have a have kind of a general outline that you have some variance in. So it'll be interesting to to see. I just hope he says "bub" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or. I want to at least, first of all, we'll talk about more next time, but that cover for number two is perfect. And I also want to see somewhere 
where he's like goes berserk and is trying to cut someone and they're just holding him like at arm's length <laughs> so he can't reach them <laughs> I, I just I look forward to that scene so so I mean I think I think that book has a lot of promise I think you know whatever I, I hope you know we joke about hoping it's gold I when Rogan Gamut is over Thompson has to do something X related whether it's you know, repurposing gold or doing a different miniseries on a different character or something. I, I, I need her to stay in the X universe for a little while. Um, please, Kelly, please. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to see what Rosenberg can do on Astonishing um, and Red. I just expect to continue to be home run. So, yeah, so. With that said, if y'all have any, uh, I know we talked about earlier, but if y'all have any like specific like website or Twitter handle or anything for Excalibur, y'all wanna y'all wanna throw out there, please do. Come on, Dan, you're the social butterfly. <laughs> okay. Right, so um, you can you can tweet at us at, at Excalibur. There you go, easy peasy. Um, yeah. And we've got a Podbean, which is like. I can't even remember. Like it's just had like podbean dot com forward slash Excalibros, right? That's literally it. Yeah, and to spell it, it's Excalibros. E X C A L B R O S. Excalibros. And we're on iTunes now. That actually went pretty quick. So we're on iTunes. Um, I haven't looked into what we need to do to be on other apps if we have to do anything at all. But uh, hopefully, we'll be available in, in all of your listening choices soon. Excellent. Very cool. Very cool. And where can people follow you personally? I'd say don't follow me. Just go follow the podcast. Yeah, follow okay. Excalibros. We need as many as many followers right. as we can get. Very cool. Very cool. And I just want to say just an extra plug. I'm very much looking forward to that show. Um, uh, and definitely kind of as I'm starting – because I'm – a lot of my Excalibur reading has also been first-time reading, so I'm interested to see how my thoughts align with, with you guys and all that. And just listening to, to what you have to say. So, yeah, the first issue we, or episode we talk about uh, the sword is drawn, uh, which is like the the bringing the team together. Is that the like the Excalibur special? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. You can listen. You can listen to the first issue. First issue, first episode. See, I don't understand what world we live in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're, everything's an issue. Or... You're too bad <laughs> textual for your own good. <laughs> anyway. But yes, our first episode is out right now. Oh, you nice. You can all enjoy okay. it. I must have huh? in the Twitterverse. How dare you? It's got to send that right to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will, yeah, yeah. We can send the link. Easy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can definitely go listen to Excalibros. Um, in fact, you need to listen to that immediately before you come back here. Go listen to that. And then um, for the podcast, it goes to Of course, we have um, Twitter is at Snickcast. Uh, website is snickcast.podbean.com. And you can like the Facebook page. Um, when we get to get together, guys, uh, Georgie and Dan. Always makes my day and makes for a great episode. We will talk again soon. Amen. It's always Jason, a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. We love we love talking X Men with you. Yeah, buddy. So 
All right, folks. Well, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And snacked. And snacked.